Less Doing, episode 88. Ari talks with Philip McKernan about facing your fears, fatherhood, and finding your passion. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I've returned fresh from the Bulletproof Conference, all hacked up. <laughs> Morning, Felix. Morning. How are you doing, man? Good, good. I'm getting, I'm starting to get used to these trips where I'm, I'm like in and out across the country in one day. Yeah, that was pretty insane. Um, so I, uh, I flew out Saturday morning early, got there around nine o'clock, spoke at 1145 and was back on a plane at nine o'clock that night to arrive Sunday morning. So uh, if that's not efficient, I don't know what is. <laughs> Uh, so the conference, I just want to talk about the conference for a second. It was really cool. It was Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Conference, which uh, was a lot of fun. There was some, uh, there was some great speakers, of course, and a lot of people that I, I know from podcasting and from, from this, this sort of world. But it was really cool to have everybody in the same place. It was just fun to catch up with some people. But they also had a whole bunch of toys. So there was a device called the ARX Fit, which yeah. I'm going to have that CEO, I think, on the podcast soon. But... <clears throat> This is the thing I was really looking forward to seeing specifically. It's a workout device where you can do any movement. You can do squats, you can do deadlifts, you can do uh, rows and push presses and things. It's like a, it's a cable machine basically. But what it does is it provides adaptive resistance. So no matter how hard you push, it's going to basically push back. And no matter how hard, yeah, and, and pulling too. So it's hard to describe. And I took a video of my friend Ben Aaron's doing this. But basically, like I did a chest press. And you hold out first, and then the cables basically pull you back, and you're trying to resist as hard as you can. And right. be, because, yeah, essentially, you can do more eccentric work with your muscles than concentric work. And what that basically means, and, and you'll, you'll understand this from the workouts that we've done, but for instance, with a the, with the squat, with a, you know, with a really heavy barbell on your back, you can lower a much heavier weight than you can pick up, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Does that make sense? So. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, when you're using weights, you don't really get to test that, you know, because to do that, some, you know, we'd have to have four guys like holding, you know, a 600 pound weight on your shoulders to let you come down with it. Yeah, and then sure. you wouldn't really be lifting that weight. So this basically allows you to do that. You can eccentrically move, you know, six to 20 times more weight than you can concentrically move with this machine. So it's really cool because you never really get to work that. And what's interesting about that is it's sort of like those underground are sort of like the Russian training techniques. It doesn't make you bigger. It just makes you much, much, much stronger. Oh, really? And all of this stuff is quantified, and there's this computer screen, so you can see your last workout and the line that you created with the, the pressure or with how much force you created, and you can work against that. So I literally did two squats, two uh, chest presses, and two lat pulldowns, and I don't, I mean, I'm, so, I'm sore. I am really sore oh, really? in all those wow. places. The two squats were ridiculous. I mean, <clears throat> so basically what they prescribe, you can, with this machine, you can do a half hour workout every three weeks. Really? And, wow. and get significantly stronger. It's unbelievable. Wow. So um, wow. I, I just thought this thing was so cool. Have you got the notes? Of the, I didn't see that in the, sh- is that in the show notes? No, it's not or in the show notes because I'm going to have them on the podcast soon. Oh, cool. So then we'll be able to talk about them more. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Um, actually, a, a couple of things I want to talk about here that, that are not in the show notes today. And, you know, if you want to look them up, you can, you can but uh, we'll have more detail in the future. So there's a company there called Sir Thrival, uh, which okay. I actually thought was kind of a, a funny name. But they, uh, they had elk, elk antler velvet. 
So basically, uh, elk antlers grow at like two inches per day, which is, I mean, it's more than, it's like faster growth than like any other thing. Wow. And so they basically take all that magic and they put it in a little bottle and then you squirt that under your tongue and it has like 42 different growth factors in it. So this is basically like the thing that makes you strong like Bolt. So I, I tried it. It was pretty cool. Uh, it's it's for men and women, but it's uh, it seems like it's more applicable to men and it's just it's kind of like rocket fuel for your muscles. Wow. Also, it's the only conference I've ever been at where they had a station for them to give people IV injections of various cocktails of things. <laughs> so we walked up. I was there with Ben Greenfield, and we walked up, and it was like, oh, you can get the uh, the muscle booster or the immunity booster or the, the detox thing. And it's like, oh, uh, you know, so Ben, I think I have an Instagram picture of Ben getting a, an injection of uh, glutathione, glutathione and um, uh, tyrosine, I think, and something else. But basically... Yeah, I don't know ever been to another conference where you're just getting you can get an IV shot for fun. Wow. Yeah. So, that was cool. Uh and then the uh, two other things I just wanted to mention from Instagram is that uh I got a little flack for this. I put a picture of the air conditioning in my car at 60 degrees and a couple of people made comments about it. it. First of all, it was a joke. So, I don't actually drive around with my car <coughs> at 60 degree air conditioning. But the point I was making is that it would actually work as a method of cold thermogenesis. So if you could use that to get yourself to shiver a little bit, you'd actually burn fat while you're driving. Of course. Uh, okay. Yeah. But, and, and you'd shut down some inflammatory cytokines. But, of course, you are ruining the planet by doing that because it just massively ups your petrol use. So uh, for oh, anybody who saw that, don't worry. I don't actually do that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yes, everyone in my car is just freezing all the time. Uh, and then the last thing is that so I've been... But in the winter, does that mean that you should uh, you could uh, you could just do that by opening the window? Absolutely, or yeah. absolutely. Yeah, take advantage of yeah. while you're driving to, to burn some fat. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing on, on Instagram was that uh, I I've been trying Siltep for the last uh, week or so now, and Siltep is a uh, it's a natural nootropic. It's uh, artichoke extract and forscolin. And they basically work together. By the way, forscolin is a, it's a mushroom extract, and every time I say that, I think of foreskin. So I thought it sounded Scottish. Yeah, anyway, it sounds like forscolin, Scotland. <laughs> uh, so that's funny. So uh, anyway, I, I've actually I, so I usually I like Alpha Brain, and I've used it before, and you've tried Alpha Brain as well. Yeah, yeah. This so all of those kinds of natural nootropic, actually any nootropic, honestly, is going to really depend on the individual's brain chemistry. So some people will get no effect from something like Alpha Brain, and they will from Siltep or vice versa. But I, I like Alpha Brain, and I've been trying Siltep, and I actually found it to be a little bit more effective for me. So uh, more experimentation to come. It's only been a week, but I've been liking some Siltep. So so yeah, this week I got to talk with Philip McKernan, who. I met again at Mastermind Talks in Toronto. It's amazing how many people came out of that. And uh, he was just, it's, it's hard to describe. He's just, so, he was so inspirational. He's such a cool guy. And it was a really great conversation. We talked about fatherhood. We talked about finding your passion, about fear. It was, it was just absolutely wonderful. And I really wanted to have him on the show. So I think, uh, I think everyone's going to like this. So before that, there's some interesting links for this week. Oh, actually, should we do the question first? Let's do the question. Yeah, let's do the question. Yeah, here we go. Hi, Ari. This is Lulu from Australia. My question is in regards to time logging. I'd like to be able to look back on a weekly and monthly basis and see where I've spent my time to look for efficiencies. And I wondered if you have found an app 
or a process that allows you to look at um, time logging or time budgeting. Thanks so much. Okay, well, Lulu, thank you. And I know that you had to record your question twice because the first time it didn't come out properly. So I appreciate you uh, re-recording that. So you, you didn't give me specifics on how you want to, if you want to record this for personal or business, but I, I'll give you some sort of general ideas. So my common recommendation is rescue time. If you're at the computer a lot, I love rescue time for really tracking how you're using the computer. And if you're most people who are working in an, you know, an office or they're working in technology stuff, like you're using your computer. So rescue time really works great for tracking that. It can tell you how much time you're spending on email, how much time you're spending on Excel or Facebook, any of that stuff. And it'll actually begin to tell you what your most productive days are so you can actually use that information. If you get the pro version, I'm pretty sure it can actually also take account of what you're doing when you're not at your desk. So for, for example, if you leave your desk to go to lunch, you can come back and it'll basically be like, what, what have you been doing for the last hour? And you can just input that, you know, or I went to mm. the gym or wh- whatever it might be. Or I took a nap, maybe. So rescue time right. is really simple, really easy, and really doesn't require any input from you. Now, if you want to get a little more involved, I, I would actually recommend Toggle, which is T-O-G-G-L.com. And there's an app and there's a plugin and they're like, it basically is like Evernote for time tracking. It's everywhere. And uh, it's just, it's incredibly simple. You basically start and stop the timer whenever you want, and then you can note what it is, and you can tag things, and you can basically say it's for personal or for, or for business. So um, I was reading, uh, and then I was working out, and then I was meditating, and then I was on, on a client call. You know, so you can mark all those things, and it's nice because you can do it in your browser. You can do it on your device. So you, know, you could track how long it takes you to travel, uh, from you know your commute, how long you take to eat, how long you take to sleep. You can do it when you start, when you go to sleep, when you wake up. You can really, it's pretty simple. It's a, it's a timer and you can just categorize things really easily. So if you want to get more involved, mm-hmm. I would recommend Toggle. And Wait, what's it called again? Toggle, T-O-G-G-L. Toggle, oh, okay. Yeah, actually, so we have to add that to the show notes. And mm-hmm. if you want to do something a little bit more customized and a little bit more, I guess, maybe even a little bit geeky, you can actually do a lot of stuff using Fiverr, um, not Fiverr, I'm sorry, uh, IFTTT. So I have had a couple things set up. Like one, I believe that the best way to do time tracking, if you want to act on it, not if you just want to track it, is to have it all go into your calendar. Because then I feel like you can actually look back and really have context to it. And if you look at someone like Chris Dancy, who we've had on the, po- the podcast before and is the, the most tracked person, basically, there is. He has everything going to his calendar, and as such, he can always kind of look back and see where he's been, what he's done, and, and what the result mm. was. So you can use IFTTT to get a lot of these things into your calendar. So I used to use Foursquare for this, and anytime I'd check in on Foursquare anywhere, it would add it as a 15-minute as a thing in my calendar. So if I went to a restaurant or I went home or I went to the gym, I would just check in on Foursquare, which you know takes a few seconds, and then it was in my calendar, which was great because you could correlate how you were feeling or what happened or who you talked to to where you were, which I mm. think is, is helpful. Uh, there's other ways, though, to plug into IFTTT. You know, if you use the automatic device for your car, it can automatically tell you it can automatically put into your calendar how long you were in the car, how long you, you know, your commute right, right. was. But how, and how does that work? It, it just the, tells the automatic is actually cool. It's a physical device that plugs into the ODB port that every car has under the dashboard. Oh, okay. And then it has GPS, it has Bluetooth, and it, it knows how you're driving and how, uh, how long you, you know, it's really cool. So that's one of the things that a lot of people with IFTTT will use to 
like if they automatically, when they leave their garage, it can send an email to their boss on saying they're on their way or, or vice versa to their wife or their spouse saying they're uh, home. Okay. So, yeah. Lover. Yeah. So you can look at IFTTT. There's so many channels there. Um, I mean, you could use something as simple as the Wemo light switch. Like I have that. And if you do a long press on the light switch, then it can be a trigger for IFTTT. So I could say like uh, every yeah, time sure. I hold that switch for two seconds, it marks something. Maybe I want to use that to mark the start and finish of a meal that I have at home. Or yeah, every time I walk in and out of a room, you know, so you can, I would actually look at, IFT, if you want to get more active about it, I would look at IFTTT and the things that you can use in your daily life to then plug into your Google Calendar to actually make use of it. So I, I think that that should give you a pretty good set of stuff to work with. And uh, Lulu, thank you again for your question. By the way, you notice that we have like a lot of fans from Australia? Um. I am beginning to notice that, yeah. <laughs> we definitely yeah. do. I mean, and even at the Bulletproof Conference, a couple of people came up to me who were from Australia and had said that they were big fans and that it's, it's really cool. I don't, I don't know why, but if you're listening in Australia, thank you. We, uh, yes. we love the support. We love the, the getting widespread. So thank you. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm lost for words, <laughs> but I'll give them a big shout out from, from me. Yeah. Cool. So, all right. So a couple of really cool links this week. One uh, is I want to point out a Indiegogo campaign called Back on the Bike. And this is my good friend Seamus Mullen, who is a chef and overcame rheumatoid arthritis that nearly killed him. Uh-huh. Uh, he was in real bad shape and basically he overcame it. And I have worked with Seamus uh, via Less Doing and he's just a really, really interesting guy. He's basically, he's put this whole documentary together, or he's putting a documentary together about his overcoming the disease but basically he's been training for one of the toughest mountain biking races in the world it's called la ruta de los conquistador it's a three-day stage race in costa rica and you're like in and out of the jungles all day long and there's pretty much no support it's several hundred kilometers that sounds fun yeah it sounds fun but it also sounds (laughs) ridiculous so uh anyway seamus is training for that he's basically putting together this really cool documentary with uh, a couple guys who are professional cyclists and uh, someone from Men's Journal and a couple other people. And it's just, it's going to be great. So the, basically the Indiegogo campaign is to fund the oh, filming wow. of the documentary. Yeah. I, th- I thought he looked familiar in the picture. I was I, I didn't realize it was Seamus. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Seamus That's has cool. been to my house and yeah. made some amazing He's food. He's a great so. chef. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mm. All right, so uh, that's the it's you know I, I said I always want to have like one Kickstarter or Indiegogo campaign on the podcast every week, so that's that's the one for this week. Mm. Um, okay, so there was an article on Mercola.com about medis- medicinal plants, seven underrated medicinal plants. Now, Dr. Mercola is a really great information <clears throat> source. I think some of his stuff is a, a little bit out there, but th- there's some really really great articles. So this is one about medicinal plants and. There's, this is not crazy stuff. You know, one of them was like ginger about how it has anti-nausea effects. And I've, I've used ginger extensively. Uh, garlic is another one. Garlic, garlic is interesting because garlic can reduce inflammation. It can boost your immune function. It can actually improve your heart and circulation. Uh, it's also very anti-cancerous. I personally used it to get off Prilosec, which was the last medicine I was taking to deal with acid indigestion. Hmm. Interestingly enough, though, you, garlic is one of the is I think the most powerful herb in Chinese medicine. They don't say this in the article, but it, it is, and it's supposed to be used actually fairly sparingly. You're not supposed to overuse garlic. I personally love garlic. I'd probably put it in everything if I could. 
one of the things that is they found about garlic is that it reduces, and I might get this a little wrong, but it reduces your ability to produce uh, uh, theta state in your brain, supposedly, I think. So it, it, it's not that it'll make you stupid, but it can actually make it harder to meditate if, you take, if you're oh, taking right. too much garlic because it can mm. disrupt those theta waves. So there was a bunch of others, uh, but uh, another one of the ones I wanted to mention was dandelion. So dandelion is you know, little yeah, little flowers, right? People make teas out of them. It's actually really good for liver detoxification, believe it or not. Hmm. So uh, you can it, it's supposed to be helpful for treating infections, gallbladder problems, water retention. Uh, actually, a lot of <laughs> a lot of bodybuilders will use dandelion greens when they're preparing for a competition, so that they get that really cut look and they're not retaining water. Really, kind of okay. interesting. Yeah. So there's a few others in there, but uh, it's worth checking out. We got that in the show notes. There is an article about um, gut bacteria and probiotic theory therapy for food allergies. So one of my biggest fears, and this is ridiculous, but one of my biggest fears when, before we had kids was about peanut allergies because I, I actually have known of parents and, and kids who've had severe peanut allergies and just exposure in the room to a peanut allergy or peanuts, basically, they, their throat closes up. It's really scary. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there's there's no real reason or rhyme or reason to it except it's just become much more prevalent. And you know you could say that it's because of our ultra clean society or whatever you want, but the truth is is they don't have a gr- a great sort of handle on it. So uh, this is an interesting approach where they're basically looking at using probiotics as a therapy to remove food allergy sensitivity. So one more chalk it up to good gut bacteria. Wow, like that. So yeah. Um, yeah, you you don't have any allergies, do you? Uh, no, no, none. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm very I'm lucky. Supposedly allergic to penicillin, but I haven't had it in such a long time that I don't know. Mm. So uh, there is uh, on uh, what's it called? Oh, Swiftly. So Swiftly is the next one, which you know I'm all about outsourcing stuff, obviously, and things like Fiverr and uh, Elance are some of my favorites. But uh, Swiftly is interesting. They take a slightly different approach. It's nineteen dollars for uh, an hour. Of a graphic designer's work. Oh yeah, this looked really cool, actually. Yeah, so yeah. this is I, I like this, and and it's things like you know I want to make a logo change, or I need to update my business card, or I want to retouch a photo, or you know just like it's one of those things that's annoying in outsourcing where you'll have like for me, for instance, who have I have no graphic ability, and if I get a logo done by somebody and I, and I like it, and then like in a week somebody's like, oh, it'd be really great if we could have that logo on a clear background. Like, well, yeah, and it's like, do I, I have see. to start all over? Like, what do I do? So this is cool. It's 19 bucks straight up. And actually, if you buy bulk hours, you can get it for $11 an hour. Oh, uh, really? Which is great. Um, wow. So you yeah. can basically, uh, you can buy $79 worth. And that gives you, that's $16 per hour. If you buy 25 tasks, which is $275 worth, it's $11 per task. So if you ever need yeah. quick work, you don't want to go through the process of having people bid on it. And you don't want to deal with people who haven't been vetted or you don't know. This looks like a really yeah. good option to me. Yeah, no, it does look cool. Um, okay, so there is a, another app called Ventio, which I really I haven't gotten to try this too much. I wanted to use this at the Mastermind Retreat, but basically it's an event camera app. So you basically you get everyone yeah. to install this. Did, yeah, these look very cool. Did, I mean, I've seen that there are other ones that, that have come up in the past. I don't know what this one does. It may be even be the same one. Um, but sorry, go on. 
I'm like butting in. Here. No, no, no. I, that's what we're here for. That's what you're here for. Um, so Ventio, basically everybody downloads this app and everyone takes in a picture at an event and then it basically, basically goes into one album. Now, this isn't a new thing. There's a couple other like this, but I just thought that the form factor of this was really nice. And uh, if you're having a wedding or a concert or something where it's a bunch of friends getting together, have them all download this app, use the app, and then you're all going to be. It may be. It may be. And of course, I haven't used, I haven't used this at all, but it may be that... <clears throat> Could you just take the photos on your phone and use the app afterwards? Because the timestamp on the phone, on the photo, should surely be... You know, I don't see why not, right? I, I mean, don't, yeah, uh, I mean, like Instagram lets you upload photos from your, from your camera yeah, also. Yeah, because it's all about the... Um, or at least I've seen ones for, that do this for video. So, for example, and a great, a great use of it is for, for weddings and concerts. Right. So, you can, so you can compile a, a multi-camera... Um, you know, real of the wedding, or and um, or a concert, yeah, and right. Put it, and put it all in synchronized time. You know, yeah, be very clever. That's true. That's a good point. Um, so. so there's just a couple more here. One is called "Like to Buy," and it's an Instagram thing that basically makes it so if you are selling products and you're using it's Insta- genius this it's yeah. great i mean you're using instagram to to sort of market your products and this is obviously i mean think of any brand that does this but basically if you like the photo then you're purchasing it you're you're that's that's that simple so you make it so somebody can just like the photo and then they buy it which I, anything that cuts out steps for me especially when it comes to getting goods or services i think is great so this is this is really or, good or selling them yeah yeah, exactly. Really, really good. So basically, like, you have a picture of a girl wearing a jacket. This is the example they have. There's a picture of a girl wearing a jacket. You like it. It takes you to a screen to pick the size and the quantity, and you're done. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, a few weeks ago, you mentioned a... Very dangerous. Yeah, right. <laughs> a few weeks ago, you mentioned, um, uh, what was it, Story Before Bed? Story Before... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this new one is called Story Bug, and it's it's a live version, basically. yeah. So you can read a book to a child long distance and see video of each other, and you're both looking at the same pages. And I think it's uh, really nice if you're, tra- you know, I I was gone for one day on Saturday and I was missing my kids like crazy. So something like this, I think, is is a really nice thing for yeah. not necessarily for a parent actually, but for like a grandparent or something. Like <laughs> your your dad was using it from England, and I think it's yeah a nice that thing. That would be be really great. Um, and yeah. then the last thing is good bits. So I, I, I really like this. Uh, good bits is basically, because I feel like this just is, fits really well with Lysolian. Everyone, not, well, this sorry. This might be helpful to uh, Lulu's question, no? Uh, no, this is, oh, no, it's not this is the newsletter one. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm getting it mixed up. No, no yeah. problem. So uh, <laughs> several people are like, I'm finding more and more the people that I deal with want to put content out there. They want to produce content. And, Podcasting is great, but it's a slightly more complicated. Newsletters are pretty straightforward. But even with something like... And MailChimp is really easy. They're all really easy to use. But this one is great. All, basically, what you're doing is like you add links with a Chrome, Firefox, or Safari extension. You know, mm-hmm. So a lot of what that content is is you're curating stuff. So you find an article you think interesting, a video, a, 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 a tweet, a podcast, whatever it might be. So you just click the bookmark it automatically extracts and crops the images for the content and it prepares the editor the, the newsletter for you so you don't have to even edit it wow so basically you know when i used to do the interesting links of the week stuff that i was doing for less doing now you just like it's just click and it goes in the newsletter click and it goes in the newsletter and then you get a nicely created newsletter that you don't have to do anything about it. it's really cool wow plus it can send it yeah. to your mailchimp list so you can actually create 
bliss out of this. What uh, uh-huh. I got some feedback actually this week, Felix, that some people who don't necessarily listen to podcasts, but they because. I've gotten, for, I don't know why, but recently a lot of people have asked me like how I keep up with the trends and how I sort of inform people. And I always tell them it's the podcast. You know, we do one or two a week and that's mm-hmm. really the best place to get the newest stuff from me. And I got some feedback that for people who don't really consume podcasts or at least not regularly, it would be nice to get that information some other way. So I'm trying to decide if I want to go and make that extra step of basically essentially taking the show notes that we come up with and yeah. creating a separate newsletter every week for for that yeah but right right if anybody has any feedback on that we'd love to hear it but uh it's just something that i'm considering now mm. anyway that's it for this week do you have anything uh yeah i had an idea i mean have you updated to uh i don't want to make this into an iphone show no, but, bring um, on. have you updated to ios 8 no and you know what i actually need your help because so i don't have enough i don't have enough space on my phone to do it and i don't have enough space on my laptop to download the uh. update uh, well, I'll, I'll help you with the laptop. But if anyone else is having that problem, what I'm going to tell Ari to do is to download, and you may still have it, um, it's called OmniDisk Sweeper. Ari has a Mac. And um, so if you download OmniDisk Sweeper, that will help you clear out the space. It will tell you where the folders are, that re- where all of the large data that you have is residing, and it'll help you um, delete it. So what you want to do is just go into those folders, double-click on the folders, and then delete them in the Finder yourself, um, you know, stuff that's not important to you, and um, and then go ahead and download the the uh, the update in the iTunes store. Uh, if you can, do make a backup of your computer first, just in case. You know, I always recommend doing that. Um, well, were you going to say something about iOS 8? And then the thing about iOS 8 is uh, I was just thinking of any time-saving things that are in ios 8 and there is something that i am extremely excited about and that is the share extensions they're called so normally when you know i come across an article um or you know i'm reading something or something of interest to me i you know years ago i used to bookmark it and then of course bookmarks got completely out of control and um you end up with tons of bookmarks and no way to manage them so now i email that and email a copy to Evernote and to get pocket and IFTT helps me with that but the thing is I have to it's still like a three-step process I have to click mail um, email it to myself to Evernote and put in the things whereas now in iOS 8 it's already got an extension in for Evernote so it's a bit like when I'm using it's exactly the same basically as when I'm using when I'm saving an app on in my browser on my computer, sorry, not an app, saving a page in my browser on my computer, I just click the Evernote button, the extension button at the top, and it saves that uh, that page, just the text or whatever format you want, into Evernote, creates a new note, categorizes it, guesses the category, and then you approve it, sorry, guesses the folder that it's going, the notebook that it's going to go into. It's awesome. So that's right there into iOS 8. So it's now just like a one-click process and that. Is really nice. That's that's amazing, and I, I I almost like can't believe that they didn't have that before actually. So I, I it's I love it. Yeah, and not just Evernote. There's you know, well, tons of apps, but most specifically for me, Evernote, One Password, and Get Pocket. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. thanks uh, everyone for listening to this episode, and enjoy the interview with Philip. I know you will. Uh, and by the way, uh, this is another time that. Fiverr really came to the rescue. This interview, I, I was really amazed. Did, did you listen to the interview yet? 
No, I haven't. Okay, no. so when you do, it just you're gonna. I think you'll be impressed. This was the one I was telling you about where that we had delays in the Skype and I got cut off like two or three times, oh, yeah. and uh, it was. Re- I was really upset because it was a really good interview and I didn't want to redo it. Um, mm-hmm. And I had a Fiverr. It was. I will fix your audio file for five dollars, and the guy just. I mean, it sounds. Oh really? If I yeah, Great. if I show you the original and this one, you'll you'll be shocked. Oh wow! So uh, everyone enjoy and uh, thanks for listening. See you next time. Cool. See you next time. So now I'm speaking with Philip McKernan, uh, and I met Philip at the Mastermind Talks in Canada a, about uh, a month or two ago, and we only spoke for a few minutes, but he gave a talk that I just found to be incredibly inspiring and moving in a number of different ways. And so I, I guess without really giving you a label, Philip, why don't we just talk about what you do with people? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. And thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So you, uh, you talk a lot about authentic personal growth. That's what, I mean, that's what you were telling me when we actually got to speak one-on-one and I, I didn't really know what that meant, honestly, when you, when you said it, but then you got up and you gave that talk and, and the stories that you told and the, 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 emotion that comes from you and and, the, and I, and honestly i guess the authenticity that comes when you talk is so apparent you know so how did i guess let's start like how did you get into doing this yeah i mean it, it, by accident um i mean i i think there's one thing that i can truly say for the work that i do is i i never set out with the intention of creating the business that i'm in right now for monetary gain. Um, it wasn't some strategic plan. I think that's one of the sad things is that it, it, the difference between a, you know, a talent and a gift, uh, I'm not going to tell you and sit here and stand, stand here and say, listen, I have a gift. Um, that's certainly a word that clients of mine would, would use in the past, but it, it's not for me to, to say. But I think sometimes we, we sit back and look at our talents and, and what we're brought up around and what we're told our talents are. And therefore, we, we, we create a marketing or a plan or a strategy or a business around that. For me, what, what, what I do with people now is just, just happen by accident. Um, I mean, if you talk to my mother, she might say she might disagree with that. She might say I've been doing it all my life in a kind of an indirect way. I, she would lovingly describe me as being always a little bit different. Um, and there was a time in my life right now and hopefully moving forward that actually I embrace that. I, I love oddness. Um, I love, I, I think everyone's odd. Um, and I think we spend a lot of our lives trying to uh, suppress the oddness and trying to fit in. And then um, I think what we do is we lose ourselves in that. Um, for me, babe, getting back to the question, I, I think it started by accident. And, and I suppose the first time, maybe the third time, on each, on each occasion, I got a standing ovation when I spoke, which was uh, quite honestly scared the shit out of me. It just uh, started with a best man speech. I mean, that's that's really when it started to become kind of more publicly, uh, you know, kind of uh, um, out in the domain about, you know, what I do and what I stand for and what I believe in. Um, so so best man speech by accident, and then it just morphed from there. And that's funny because best man speech is one of those things where I feel like when someone is asked to do it, they either dread it or they're very excited about it. And if they're very excited about it, then they, they very quickly come to dread it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say I was excited about it. I, I definitely, definitely in the dread camp. And uh, in fact, every time I speak, I, I don't dread it. I, I, I get nervous, um, despite what people may 
uh, feel from from the stage or what people might 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 pursue, you know, assume from the stage. Uh, I, I pretty much want to vomit every time I, I get on a stage, whether it's to two people or two thousand people. Um, and and I think that what that is is I think it's two things. I think it's it's a natural concern of of you know caring and deeply wanting to to make an impact. And uh, and also uh, I never have done the same keynote twice, so I always mix it up so it creates an edge of nervousness that I think shows that it matters to me. Um, so I think it's a healthy thing, but it's a lot of people try to avoid that natural state of fear and concern and anxiety when in actual fact, if they embrace it and, and lean into it, often that's where, the, where, where some of the most insightful magic comes from. So, okay. So that, that, that's a good segue to my next question, which is sort of like, what is, what kind of work do you do with people? You know, I, I mean, you, I know you're helping people with, with personal growth, but what does that, what does that look like? What is the process sort of? Yeah, the process is, is different for everybody. And, and I jokingly say, you know, people, even clients who work with me find it very difficult to actually give you a one-line description of what I do. So people just say personal growth. Other people say mentoring. Other people say coaching. Some people say business coaching, but in a very indirect way. So, for example, if someone wants to increase their revenue and drive their business and they want to come to me to help them do that, I really have no interest unless they're prepared to have the personal conversation. So if they're prepared to have the personal conversation, the things that often get in the way, which is that personal stuff, then I'm definitely the person. But if they're just looking to work on their business and drive their business, I'm not their guy. They can go to a, a traditional business coach who will focus on their business and nothing other than the business and, and probably might do a very good job as well. But so, so what I do is I'm after people's truth. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, after, I'm after who they really are at the core. Um, and, you know, if, if you think about something that we often hear as well, if I just knew, if, if, if I just got clear on what I wanted, then I'd go for it. If I knew what I wanted, then I'd be happy. Yet most of us focus, obsess about the future, and yet we don't stop and look back in our lives and say, okay, why am I the way I am today? What created the behaviors and the, 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 the instincts that I have today? And what, what, what created me? Why do I find myself in this position, in this relationship, in this job, in this geographic location doing this work? What is that about? And if you understand who you are at a, at a level that, with respect, most people never do, who you are and what you're there meant, therefore meant to do and your passions, all those things are at the end of your nose. So they understand themselves. And, and then what we do is we search for the meaning. We, we, we search and we uncover and we, we dig and we find meaning where it didn't previously exist. What if what you find is, I mean, well, I, I'm assuming sometimes what you're finding is not really wonderful. There's got to be some bad stuff that people end up turning up with, right? Every everybody's got everybody's got a you know a, a shadow side to their life um, you know whether it's whether it's it's very dark or lightly dark or whatever but everybody's got a shadow side and and you know it's something that we shy away from it's like okay what's the point of focusing on the negative what's the point of focusing on the negative well number one is it's not always negative because it's it's how you perceive it but when you shine a light on that negative part of your life that piece of your life that that you've gone through um, or that piece of your life that you are not in touch with whether it's anger whether it's 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 it's, it's fear, whatever it happens to be. What happens is it loosens its grip on you. It doesn't become as insurmountable as it once was. And therefore, it doesn't, it doesn't dictate your life. It doesn't hold you. It doesn't, you know, drive you at a very negative level. So if you get to know that piece, you can start to embrace it. It starts to free you. And then what happens is this really, really unusual thing happens inside us is we start to believe in ourselves. We start to have a value in ourselves. We start to believe not just that we can do something, but in actual fact, we deserve to do it. We deserve to be happy. We deserve to have good relationships. We deserve to do work that fulfills us. And when that happens, a fundamental real shift in value 
everything shifts because I have another saying and something I absolutely will go to my grave believing is that we as human beings give ourselves what we feel we deserve. We give ourselves what we feel we deserve. And if we do not think we're a good person deep down, that is going to show up in our lives. That is that, that there, there's no getting away from that because you'll give yourself the types of results in life that you feel you deserve deep down. The problem is that most people will walk around and go, no, no, I'm confident. No, 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 I'm happy. No, no, I've dealt with all my stuff. No, I know who I am. But they're dealing at, they're to- I'm talking to a brain or a head, a mind. And that's why I believe that mindset is completely overrated. Mindset's important, but not, that's an intellectual thought process. But when, 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 let me describe it a different way. If you have somebody who's overweight, let's just say a person who's overweight or underweight for that matter, and they are down on themselves and they have a fairly poor physical representation of themselves. They don't particularly like themselves. And you have a million people line up and you, every single person walks up to them and say, you are not overweight. And by the way, you're beautiful. By the millionth person, they might start actually thinking they're not overweight. They might actually start saying, you know, maybe I'm not overweight. Maybe I'm beautiful. But the following morning, when they wake up and they look in the mirror, they'll feel ugly again if they previously had felt that. Because that's the difference between mindset and what, I did, what I've dubbed soul set. And one is, is moving and trying to be just positive thinking. And the other one is fundamentally shifting emotionally how you feel and therefore your thoughts after it. I think we've got it the wrong way around. And that's just a personal belief. No, and I think that makes a lot of sense. And and you'll have people who are constantly being complimented. I mean, you know, how many celebrities are, you know, depressed? And, you know, people who are constantly have fans and being told that they're amazing and being chased after, but they're still, you know, depressed or lonely. Or I mean, so that that, that makes total sense. Well, look, look, I mean, just I, I believe um, I haven't been on Facebook, but I mean, I, I don't read newspapers. So Facebook is my, my, my channel to the news world. Robin but, Williams. Uh, yeah. Robin, Robin Williams, I believe, um, passed away and potentially committed suicide in the last 24, 48 hours. Um, another great example. I mean, I, I think, again, there's sadness. I don't know about you, but I certainly was a fan of, you know, some of his early movies. And, 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 I, and I really warmed to the guy from a, from a professional standpoint. But obviously, there was a dark side in there, and, and it, it eventually just got the best of him. But I wonder, and, I, and I'm not here to say whether he did or he didn't, I just wondered if he deal with some of those deeper inner demons that have been haunting him for some time early enough in his life. Um, but when you're surrounded by people who are telling you you're great and telling you you're funny and telling you you're fantastic, you go up onto a pedestal, um, you start to believe you're the all-seeing eye, and, and often it's very lonely up there. Right, of course. Now, I, I'm, I'm also curious, you know, since, since you are obviously uncovering a lot of demons and you're uncovering some of those shadows, and obviously there's a lot of good stuff that comes out of it too, but is it ever sort of weigh on you or do you always just sort of look at that as, you know, a journey or a discovery or is that, I mean, that has to, it has to be hard sometimes for you. Yeah. It's, it's a, you know, you're the first person to, uh, in an interview uh, situation, to actually uh, address that. It, it's hugely hard on me, and, and there's no getting away with it. There's, there's a very significant emotional price I pay for the work I do. And, and by the way, I'm glad you pointed out there's also a lot of very good stuff. It's sometimes you need to face the, 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 the slightly darker side, the blocks, the stuff that gets in people's way in order to actually get to the, the magic, if you like. And, and the magic is what keeps me going. Well, you know, if I get a, a client, and by the way, just, just so we're clear, there's an obsession in the world with making money an obsession with uh, getting 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 you know moving on in life and succeeding from a financial standpoint people often feel that they they they, they won't be or can't be happy deep down unless they have enough money but most of our clients 
and I mean sub- substantial numbers of our clients are reporting like crazy increases in income, businesses that are exploding, but they did the personal work first and then the money and that success and that fluency and that flow in life that's available to us starts to kick in. Um, but, but the reason I'm bringing that up is that if someone emails me out of the blue and says, listen, I turned over an extra million dollars last year. I made an extra hundred thousand dollars. I made an extra ten thousand um, dollars. I get pretty much very little kick from that. But what keeps me going is when I get a letter from someone saying, I've never been in a better place in my soul. I've never been in a better place. I've actually, I really have peace of mind. I'm sleeping like I've never slept before. My wife and myself, my husband and myself are connected. I, I, and I often have this statement. It's like, I thought I had a great relationship. And then I started to realize when I started to look at you, it wasn't as good as it could be. Now, that's sad sometimes, but then it can get, then you know there's something not 100% and therefore you have this potential to change it. So, well, yes, there's a huge price on my, uh, for me to, to do this work. And I absolutely know that for certain. Um, but is it, is it worth it? I believe this is why I'm here. This is why I'm on this earth to do the work that I do. I absolutely believe that to the core. Um, and, you, and you'd have to, you know, to, to be able to handle that. And, and I mean, I, and I, I have not had the experiences that you've had in terms of coaching people with that kind of stuff. But I have seen issues and I have seen people come up with things that I never expected them to in, in a bad way sometimes. And, and it is. It's very hard to not sort of take that on yourself. And then the other thing because one of the reasons that I asked you that is that one of the questions that I want to ask you about in this interview is sort of what your daily routine looks like, what your morning routine looks like, because that's something that I found interesting lately. But what I, and before you answer it, it's the kind of thing where I'd, I'd love to have this perfect morning routine that I do sometimes, and I recommend it to a lot of people. But even in my life, I'm not able to do it a lot. Uh, even though I'd like to. And so, you know, the, as much as you can say the stuff, sometimes it's it's harder to live it yourself. Yeah, I, I don't have a morning routine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, just, I just don't. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, well, the best way I can answer this, and it's great that, you know, you didn't send me a list of questions and, and stuff in advance, and that's what I love. I don't like getting questions in advance. And so I love just having these, uh, you know, conversations as fluent or, or sometimes not as the case may be. It's just a, more, a bit more natural. Um, I remember going to a conference many years ago and hearing this buzz about meditation and everyone going on about meditation. And, and so this is what I interpreted myself and, and maybe a little bit of what he said as well is that unless you're meditating, you, you know, the, game, the light, lights are out, game's over. It's just, you know, you're not really going to succeed. And I, I hated it all. And, 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 there, and it drove me insane. But I, I, I basically left meditation and I came back to it in my own slight way. I'll probably meditate once a month maybe twice a month, depending on what's going on in my life. I'll meditate when I feel that's the right time for me and my body is saying, you know, do it. Um, I have absolutely no morning routine. Uh, yeah, do I go to the gym uh, during the week? I absolutely do. Do I run during the week? Yes, I do. Um, I don't have these rituals that are carved in stone um, that I think a lot of people have in place. Um, I often think they they they... they, they they almost take up a lot of energy. They're very mentally driven. They're very, they're not necessarily always authentic. It's what people have read about and what works for somebody. So for example, I mean, the world is consumed and, and overrun with the top 10 things you should do in the morning and the top three things you should do in the morning. And recently I, I read an article about, you know, what the top 10 famous people have for breakfast. Who gives a shit what person is eating for breakfast? Yes, if he's eating healthy food and, and, and so on, and he has a, a whole approach to living healthier and greater energy and, and greater longevity and all that, fine. 
But do, do you honestly believe people that will read that and literally start eating granola the way he eats it because they'll think in some form if they are doing the habits and the rituals that he's doing that they might in order, they might actually in some way get the success that he gets. And, and I just find that actually quite bizarre. And as opposed to really stopping and looking at your own life and really respecting you and just saying, okay, if this morning routine is not working for me, if I'm not getting to it, why am I getting to it? Maybe this is just not for me. Maybe I'm not built like that. So I just don't have a routine. Yeah, and then, then and that's totally fine. I, and I, actually, I mean, I think that's a very good answer. Um, so and now you're uh, obviously your husband and you are a father also, yes, right? Correct. And and so how does this kind of how does your work and how does the the experiences you've had how does that sort of translate into you as a father? You know, for some reason, when you stand on a stage, and I think it's sad is people think you're something that you're not. They automatically put one and one together, and they don't come up with five. They come up with 995. And they assume that you're, you, you know, you, you're the perfect father. You're, you know, you, you've got these, you know, you've just got this incredible... I, I've, I've built a, a really cool life. I'm sitting in a, in a, in a beautiful lodge right now called Doonbeg um, on the west coast of Ireland in the middle of nowhere. My family are out kicking a soccer ball, and I'm basically taking two months in Ireland. Um, and I actually, I actually know Dunbeg. I've played golf there, and it's one of the most beautiful places on earth. There you go. So I'm sitting in Dunbeg right now. I'm looking out in a beautiful garden. Behind me is the ocean, and uh, I'm doing this because I, I'm not, I'm not about money. And if you get to know me, you'll know that that is not just something I say. It's absolutely, fundamentally the, at the core of who I am. At some point, sometimes to a, to a slight detriment, some would say, but I don't agree with that. So uh, as a father, I think, you know, my kids will look back and, and I suppose the only thing I would want is at my, on my deathbed or whatever, if my children are there and hopefully they'll be there, you know, looking at me, um, um, you know, as I pass away, hopefully many years from now, that they look and say, okay, maybe he wasn't the wealthiest guy in the world. Maybe he wasn't, um, you know, uh, you know, you know, really hugely focused in terms of building assets and everything else. But, but, you know, at the end of the day, he was, uh, would you believe that's the, the doorbell ringing on my, uh, <laughs> on my suite here in the, in the, in the hotel. They've, they're delivering something to me. Um, but I, I hope they'll say, well, listen, you know, but he was always there. He was always there for me. He was always present. He was at all my soccer games and everything else. And that's the kind of father I want to be. You know, I, I don't, I'm not a perfect father. I'm, I'm definitely not. And I'm learning. And I think that, I think probably the, the, the best thing I can do for my kids is to never assume I'm a great father. Because I think when you start to allow yourself to believe, uh, falsely sometimes that you're, you know, you're really at a good place with your, with your parenting, I think you become complacent. And, um, I, I have to really watch that. But ultimately what I was saying there a minute ago is I want my kids to say that I was present, that I was with them, that when I was by their side, that I was there with them, that I take their hands, I look into their eyes and I speak to them like a human being. I speak to their souls. I hear them. I listen to them. And I give them choices as opposed to sitting here either on my BlackBerry or iPhone or I'm sitting there and I'm a bit distant because I'm thinking about other things that are on my mind. So I think that's what I want. Well, you've just spoken to my soul because the every, literally every word of the answer to that question resonates with me so much. And, and honestly, my, my, I have three sons my, who are very young. My, my biggest fear in life, honestly, is to have been to, – to fail as a father. Um, and I, I, I don't think that I'm the most amazing father. I try very, very hard to, to be a great father as much as I can. But I, I agree with you. It's that, that to, to have 
to have been considered to have been present to me is is so important. I absolutely agree. And thank you for saying that. Just I can just feel I can feel that on the phone to you. And if I may, and I and I don't want to turn this on you because uh, I just want to be respectful and so on and so forth. But if I may just expand a little bit on what you said is is in your own time um, and it's not for necessarily now and I really appreciate it and obviously whoever's listening to you obviously there's a there's a sense of honesty and authenticity that you have that you're prepared to share that uh, you know that fear and 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 so on I, I just love that I think that's missing in the world today a lot but the one thing I'd say for anybody let's just depersonalize it a bit is anybody whose fear of failure uh, or fear of judging jury and and what you know what would ultimately need to happen in order for you to feel that you're not, you're not a failure. And again, let's not talk about you necessarily, but what I find is people are often so hard on themselves deep down, so hard. They have such high expectations. And when you have that, no matter what you achieve as a father, it's going to be enough. So therefore, you're almost destined to fail. That's one thing about being, being the perfect parent. And we'll all say in our heads, oh, well, sure, there's no such thing as perfect. We'll all kind of fundamentally agree with that. But that doesn't stop us necessarily attempting to be and trying to be the perfect parent and trying to make sure that we're the best we can be. Yeah, I mean, the beautiful thing is, as, as obnoxious and as outrageous as it sounds is, no matter what you do as a parent, no matter how, you, how good you believe or try to become, no matter how perfect you can be and many books you read, you're going to excuse the, the, the obnoxiousness of this, but you're going to fuck your kids up. Because the reality is, no matter what you do as a parent, 20, 30, 40 years from now, your, parent, your kids are going to look back and there's going to be something that you did or didn't do that has negatively impacted them in some capacity. Now, why would I say something almost so ridiculous? Also, why would I say it in such a kind of an obnoxious way? I do that intentionally because I think sometimes people tiptoe around the issue and they don't say it as it is. And, and if you can let go a little bit of trying to create this perfect bubble for our children, let go and say, no matter what I do, it's never going to be enough anyway, completely. I think what it does is it allows that, it just takes that pressure off and it allows you the freedom to parent maybe in a way that's less fear-based than, than, than ordinary. And I, and, I, and, I, and I think those two things I, are very prevalent in parenting today. In other words, expectations on oneself. So no matter what you do, it's never going to be enough. And then this other thing is trying to be perfect. And the final piece on parenting, and I know that's not necessarily what you want to talk today, is every parent, in my personal opinion, has a moral obligation to work on their stuff, to dig deep and understand who they are. Because no matter what you do, even if you don't speak to your kids every day, you're going to pass on your past to them, irrespective of whether you want to or not. And, and I think if we understand who we are at the core, we're better equipped to being parents. I think that that's actually an excellent point. You know, a lot of people, they, and, and well, and again, not to turn this back on me, but, uh, you know, with three young boys, and, and when I say young boys, I mean, I have a, I have a two and a half year old and twin 16 month old. So we have three very, very young boys. It's, our house is crazy a lot of the time. So it's very hard in the moment sometimes to know if you're doing the right thing. But uh, again, it's, yeah, I, I agree. By, by working on yourself, you can do the best you can. And I guess that's, that's really what we can strive for. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what does, what is your biggest fear? Uh, my biggest fear is that um, I I get put on a pedestal, and um, I lose myself in that, like like so many people in a in a in a, in a public domain or public position often do. 
And what I mean by that is, and, and this this is a bit of a, a slightly strange one, um, because despite what people would say, people love the ego piece. They love the the attention on stage. They love that that whole thing where people come up to you and you know if you do a good job or or you're, you're an author, or you've written a book or whatever it happens to be, and and are in in the case of TV stars or movie stars, you know they love it initially. Um, but what ends up happening is that you're shoulder to shoulder with every other human being in the world. And then what happens is, as people start to put you on a pedestal, two things happen. Number one, they put you on a pedestal. Number two, you allow it. So, so that's the two things that happen. And you start to kind of, you start to get elevated. Um, and you start to become something. You start to look around left and right. And you're going up a pyramid and you're looking left and right. And there's less and less people right and left of you. And then finally, if you hit the top of that pyramid, you look left and right of you, and there's actually no one around, so you're isolated and you're lonely, and you start to believe you need to have all, you have all the answers and need to have all the answers because people are looking up to you. Um, and that would, be, that would be definitely a fear of mine. That um, I mean, my clients, I believe, give me way too much credit for the work they do. Um, some of them idolize me and say things like, you know, my God, like without you, my life would have been whatever. And maybe it's true, maybe it's not, but I always put it back on them. And if you ask any client that I've ever worked with, I will put it straight back at them, straight, you did it, you did it, you did it, you did it. And yeah, maybe my businesses won't grow as much and so on when people don't see me taking credit for everything. But it can't be about me. It can't be because if it is, I'm dead. Because if I start to believe that, I get elevated. And we've seen lots of people who start off with great intentions of, of mentoring and supporting and guiding human beings and end up getting very, very, you know, you know kind of... Um, they start to become the all-seeing eye and they start to fundamentally believe they're, all, they're the all-seeing eye and they get lost in it. And, and it's a really sad place to be. And, and I think once you land there, you're, you're, it's, it's over. So that would be probably the biggest fear that I have in life. That, that, that sounds very reasonable. <laughs> um, so my, the last question that I always like to ask on these interviews uh, is what are your top three pieces of advice for for being more effective, and that that can be whatever it, whatever you want it to mean for you. But as far as people being more effective in their lives, what, what's what's your top three? I would say I would say stop goal setting and obsessing about stuff that you want in the future, um, and and uh, because I think goal setting is 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 I'm not anti goal setting in its entirety, um, but I think we're we're so obsessed with with with, with creating milestones and things that we want and planning um, that we're spending so much time in the future that we can't be present for ourselves or our children. Or anybody else, for that matter. Uh, I think we've 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 stopped trusting fluency and 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 flow in life and and and, and spontaneity and adventure and courage and 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 curiosity. Um, and we've replaced it with Google and goal setting and 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 vision boards and all these things that that obsess about the future. Um, and therefore, it prevents us from living in the now. Um, Number one. Number two is I would, uh, and, and in no particular order, and I haven't thought this out, so I'd probably change this in an hour from now, but I'll give it what, what's coming to me straight away. And uh, number two is I would, I would, I would, I would, I would stop your life. Stop, like just stop. And I would, I would really reflect upon the life that you've lived, the things you've been through in life and, and be open to some of the negative things that come up and, and be able to deal with them so they don't control you. Um, and also some of the magic that you've been through in your life that maybe you've forgotten or didn't think was significant because it leaves clues about what the future should hold. And that's what I've done. I'm actually doing the work now that has been inspired by elements of my life 10 or 20 years ago. And if I didn't stop and do them, then I probably wouldn't be running the retreats and the experiences that I run now for people. Um, they're the two things that definitely come to mind. Um, 
And number and number three um, is 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 just just refuse to settle in life. Refuse to settle for work that you're telling yourself in your head is great work that you're you're living in the right city and it makes all the rationale, all the reasons that make sense in your head. And 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 stop doing that. Stop doing that shit. Stop telling yourself and justifying why you stay in a job and justifying why you stay in a city and justifying why you stay in a relationship when you know in your heart and soul it's not for you. And, and, and you can rationalize it to the cows come home, but it's going to come back and haunt you 10, 15, 20 years from now if you keep ignoring the whisper in your soul that's been there forever. And what I'm talking about is intuition, that intuitive voice that's whispering. And sometimes it's actually been turned off. People have actually turned it off. Um, and, 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 and start allowing yourself to feel and get out of your head and, and, and feel more. And you'll never, your intuition will never, ever, ever serve you wrong. It will never bring you in the wrong direction. It'll never bring you into the wrong relationship. It'll never bring you into the wrong business deal. But how many times have you not listened to it for it to come back and haunt you? So I'm not sure if that makes sense um, to you or your listeners, but, but that's what's coming to me straight away. That, that makes a hundred total sense. And I, I believe, uh, th- so all three of those make great sense to me. You're the only person I've ever, uh, other person I've ever had talk about or talk to who doesn't believe in goal setting really, which is, I, I feel that way too. I think that basically my theory about goal setting is that if you're improving yourself in every way possible or some way possible every day, then you're going to hit whatever goal you thought you were going towards anyway. Absolutely. Um, and then, yeah. And then, uh, no, that, that, that all, and, and also, yeah, the intuition, I mean, you're right. It won't lead you wrong, but you have to listen yeah. to it. So, uh, Philip, Philip, this is this has really been wonderful. Um, it's it's so nice to talk to you again, and, and thank you for taking the time and sharing that with with me and, and the audience. So, where, where's the best place for people to find out more about you? Just go to philipmckernan.com. Great. Yeah, and we're gonna have links in the show notes and everything. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, the new website is going up in the next couple of days. So, uh, you know, it's a little bit busy at the moment, I think, anyway. But uh, the, next, uh, the next few days, people can have a look and, and, uh, and, and see if they like Wonderful. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. It's Felix here. Thanks for taking the time to listen in. And we hope you're enjoying the podcast. We always like to hear your feedback. Please make sure to check out the blog at lessdoing.com where you can find out about Ari's elite group coaching mastermind group as well as the Less Doing University which has over 100 hours of video content and a question and answer forum too. Also, if you love the show, please take a moment to leave us a positive review on iTunes. Thanks a lot and we'll see you next week.